0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit. After spending last week slagging off the OYO Nova Gym, we are coming back to Earth, pardon the pun, and talking about fitness apps. We dive into four main categories, which are running and cycling, recovery, food tracking, and sleep tracking. Tom's gone a bit rogue this week, and instead of bringing us the studies he normally does, he's decided to research why birds aren't real instead. So, yeah, look forward to that one. So, with a lot to cover, let's get into it. <laughs> Boys, how we doing?
1: Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Weather's uh, changed, still. Absolutely pissing down with rain.
2: I
0: look
2: exhausted. I am fucking. I sh- sh- fucked. I feel like I've been through dragged through a hedge backwards. I'm not gonna lie today. I don't, and I've done nothing. I've I swept out the garage, and I'm in fucking shit state. I mean, I've got one issue, Bill.
1: So uh, today's podcast about fitness apps, apparently. Now I must have missed yes, a memo mate. on that because. All the research I've got here is on why birds aren't real. So I think we've crossed right wires here. So the only research. <laughs> why birds aren't real. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. You can look it up. Um, birds aren't real. This is a fact, by the way. I've got the research here, mate, waiting. Obviously, it's all useless now because it turns out I'm on the wrong fucking podcast topic. But yeah, birds no, aren't real. Mechanical... Let's listen. Yeah, they're list- yeah, you can Google this. You can Google Birds Aren't Real. They have their own website. You can find YouTube interviews from the main conspirator. Uh, I call them say actually, because what he's saying is the truth. And that is Birds Aren't Real. They're actually miniature drones that the government used to spy on us. And actually, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing this. Yeah. Now, do you know why the lockdown has happened? It's so that they can recharge the birds. Whilst we're indoors. <laughs> Recharge the birds. Well, listen, where do you... where, where do you, you you don't really see birds in winter, do you? Do you know why? Because they've got to charge the birds, mate. They've got to charge the birds. Perhaps they're solar-powered, and winter kind of you know stops that. But yeah, basically, I've got all this research sat here to prove why birds aren't real, and uh, it's all fucked now, isn't it? So yeah, cheers, flat.
0: Well, fucking off for those who are listening in, buckle up, because we're going to have a fucking hour conversation on birds, by the sounds of it. But no, we're talking about fitness apps today. Um, if you've been on the app store before you know there's a, an abundance of fitness apps out there but we're going to kind of focus on four key categories of apps so we're looking at sort of running and cycling apps uh, recovery apps nutrition sort of tracking apps diet apps and sleep tracking as well so we're going to go into them obviously there's more but you know if you, we do it for, if you go for all of them we'll be here for hours so um, another little thing we're going to be mentioning numbers like these little percentages throughout the podcast and that's because i did a sort of an instagram survey uh, was it a few days ago now? And um, it was quite a really good response actually. I think I got about on average about seventy-five responses on each question. So there's a lot of per- the percentage is going to be based on on that on that uh, that poll that I did. So it's not it's not hundreds of people, but then it's not like two people. It's about seventy-five-ish on each one. So
1: I mean that's more votes, and I've got followers, so
2: that's a good start actually. Yeah, <laughs> He basically showing off now, isn't he? Yeah. Fuck you, Bill. Fuck you and your 75 followers. You're in the double digits. <laughs>
0: Wowzers. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll jump straight into the first one on ads. We've got lots to get into, so we'll get straight into it. Uh, first one, running apps. Uh, I think most people, we all use running apps, don't we? Do we all use a sort of some form of running tracking yep, app? Yep, we do. Andy's great. nodding his head. Andy, do you not, Andy, no? Oh. Uh, no, I'm not like keen. I just literally heart
2: rate monitor, and that's that's the only one I've got. it does... oh, right. Does a kind it's of about, bit.
0: it's all about this tom you're banging on about for fucking years on the very first episode or the second episode, sorry. You're banging on this how oh great this tom is, you don't even use it. Well yeah, I don't go running anymore, do I? So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use, Ty? You use Strava. I think that... Strava's probably the biggest the biggest player, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so I mean uh, I first got back into running in like 2013 or possibly 2012. So I kind of like hopped around with all the different apps and You know, I went from uh, things like uh, Endomondo, which is a free running app. Uh, I think it's like a Nike running app now, but I never really used that. Uh, Map My Run and Map My Ride as well. But That's more for cycling. But yeah, I I use Strava now. And from all the ones that I've used, Strava is, it seems like the top dog when it comes to running I I
0: mean, so going on this poll then i asked the question was do you use strava to track your runs i want to see if it actually is as popular as i thought it wasn't it was actually it was, yeah it was 70 75 of people said yes they use strava 25 percent of them said they don't use it so i'm guessing they either don't use an app at all or they might use something i mean it's the only garmin's got its own option but that's kind of just to go with its watch um, a lot of watches have their own software but yeah strava seems to be the most the most popular one it kind of does what you need it to do, does it? Really, it will log all Shit. your runs and
2: more as well.
0: And more. yeah, what well, yeah. we're going to go into really. I mean, there's a premium option. I don't, if you've got the premium option, Tom, I don't have the premium option myself. I do
1: have. I do pay a membership um, for Strava. I think it's about. I'm not 100 percent sure because you gave me a different price list than the email you sent out. So maybe I'm just getting ripped off and I don't know it. Uh, but I, I think... got 48, 48 quid or something, wasn't it, for like I a year know. or? I'm on the two years. I'm on about like five ninety nine per month.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, so six ninety nine a month is what I got on the. From what I looked, when I, when I actually looked it up, it was six ninety nine a month, I think ish. But then that was. I think I was doing a tra- uh, conversion from American dollars. So.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, I think it is important to state straight away that you know you can use the app for free, and it's a it's a fucking awesome app when it's uh, just used yeah, for free as well. Yeah, I love it. yeah. But obviously, for some of us, there are certain. There are certain little extra stats that might help certain populations. So for the average runner, just using the free app of Strava is probably going to be sufficient
0: enough. But, you know... You don't even need a watch, do you? You could just use the phone. You could use it on the phone and it will track your run for yeah, the phone's yeah. GPS. So. I mean, that's
1: actually another point, uh, another important point we should make, and that is that obviously the app does kind of go off of your fitness tracker. So things like Fitbit, uh, I think Polar Watches as well. But you, as you said, you can just kind of put your phone in your pocket. However, you know... We did kind of go into fitness trackers on episode two, so we're not going to go back down that rabbit hole. But if you do wear a fitness tracker whilst using the apps, you will get certain extra bits of data, such as heart rates. So if you've got your phone in your pocket, it's it's just going to kind of go off of like, well, where are you running? It might kind of try and estimate your pace as well. It will map it. But like, you know, things like heart rate, you are going to need like a, a fitness tracker for that.
0: So another good thing as well, them trackers we're talking about is what Strava up on the pre, this is the premium watch, you don't get this free. It's a thing called the suffer zone. So what it will do is it will update live to your to your tracker on your wrist, telling you where you are in your sort of suffer they call it the suffer zone. It's basically using your stats like heart rate to see how how you are fatigue wise. So if you're working really hard it will tell you you're you suffering and if you're not working too hard then it'll be on the lower down of the scale. And this will be live live updates to your actual wrist, so you'll be able to com- constantly track how you're how you're feeling. During your run, yeah, it's quite useful. So that's pretty useful.
1: However, if you are wearing a fitness tracker, isn't that kind of what a heart rate monitor is for? Hmm. So there's a bit. Yeah, of but a, this suffer yeah. zone
0: is this suffer zone is to it will relate to more than just your heart rate. It's to go, go back to your previous results, your previous stats.
2: Oh, okay, that's a good so point. It, it yeah. Use
0: all them all this data. It won't be using just your if heart you, rate.
2: If you if you've worked hard enough, and it'll give you some, yeah. a little bit more more information on it. Yeah, it knows,
0: it knows what your PBs are, so it'll be like, well, you can run at this pace, but for some reason, your heart rate's higher than it would be. When you're doing half your PB pace, so that's unusual. So it might be like you just need to rest a bit. Okay, that is uh, with that cool. live feedback as well. It also speaking of PRs, it will track them. So if you've got like a PR you want to beat, it will show you on your watch like a little graphic. I think it is like a live live update of where you are and how far you need to get to, and kind of like a little race. So you're kind of racing yourself. And that's okay. another premium option that it comes with.
1: So that would be a pretty cool little tool to use actually, because especially if like you are. If you are military, police, or you're an athlete, and you, you need to beat a specific time, then obviously knowing that information real-time is going to be a big help,
0: isn't it? Yeah, it's crucial. Yeah, yeah, massive help. Uh, another one then as well is Strava Beacon. Now, this is more of, a, I'd say, probably for cyclists who go on savage distance rides, but it's a kind of a safety tool, so you can choose certain contacts who have access to this beacon. So if you go on like a long bike ride, let's say 100 miles... It will constantly update these um, chosen contacts where you are all the time. So let's say you're in an accident, or I don't know, you decide well, to go. Well, they, they haven't heard of now. you for three yeah. hours,
2: have they? Yeah, I can just exactly. have a they look, can look at the, the app, beacon, look at the phone, and, and go, "Okay, yeah, exactly. he's still riding, he's still moving, Absolutely. he's still
0: safe." Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that we be used for everyone, especially not runners. But
2: yeah, but saying that though, have, who who hasn't got hide my iPhone these days or whatever it is, or where am I? They're yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Shit that there's yeah, apps yeah. on their phone. Yeah.
1: That's how. That's what my missus does. She tracks me when I'm on my runs in case she thinks I'm at another woman's house.
2: I don't blame her. You're a handsome bastard. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I did. I didn't say the. I didn't say the quality of woman I'd be staying with. So I don't know about handsome, but like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there isn't. There is another. Uh, you see, you were saying Bill. You know, in regards to cyclists, it might be useful. But actually, consider as well trail runners, people that garf off the yeah. road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah.
1: Or even here's the thing. We we. When it comes to Strava, it's not just running. It can simply be walking as well. I mean, today I went for yeah, a tab. Hiking. Uh, I went tabbing, which is basically the military word for very fast walking, uh, usually with loaded weights. So I was wearing like a 15 kg backpack today. Now, if you go off into somewhere like, uh, oh, this is you would not want to be walking there, but somewhere like the Yorkshire Moors or somewhere where it's like a vast amount of you know very different terrain and you're at a high risk of going on your, on your ankle – if you're using Strava and you do go over on your ankle and you're basically stranded by yourself, then that's where the beacon could also be useful. So it's not just for oh, going for a long cycle. It could be if you're going off-road somewhere where chances are if you do go over on your ankle or get injured or something, you know, freak accident happens, a branch hits you in the face, knocks you out, at least someone can find you. So it does have its uses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I'll be honest, the honest, when I looked into it, the most of the, the benefits of premium were kind of down to the performance. So... One of them is—it's quite a simple one. You think it'd be on the free version, but it's not. It's filtering leaderboards, so you know you can see like stats of who's got best the best speed on this part of a segment. Oh now. yeah, it doesn't show you their weight and their age, so you can actually break it down to certain categories. It's more relevant because it's no good you looking at someone who's sixty kilo, you know, nothing, absolute lightweight young guy, and you're old and heavy. There's no point comparing the two times. But if you can break it down, then you can see where you are compared to. Yeah, but they want to make category. more money out of it, don't they? No, of course, yes, they're gonna yeah, so they're gonna put it in the in the premium.
2: I like I like that sort of that. Um, <laughs> you all right there, bud? How's it going? Like, fuck off! Fuck off! <laughs> His missus just turned up. We're going to edit this. It'll be fine. Um,
0: we won't. We won't. One hundred
2: percent. I know. Is it going in? Is it? Uh, I'm mute uh, yeah. for the time being. <laughs> uh, for me, I like um, I like the the clubs. You can like join clubs and stuff like that, so you can have a like select yeah, group. That's on, the, that's
0: on the free version, though, isn't it? You can do it on the free version, I think. Yeah,
2: but this is what I mean. It's like that's, that's yeah, okay, what I like yeah, about yeah. it because it's on the yeah. free version. Uh, I only discovered yeah. that today, funny enough.
0: Well, that's, that's the thing with it, isn't it? I mean, just looking into it now, there's so many there's so many features which you don't know about. For example, another one here, they've got these are a couple of gimmicks, really. They've got heat maps. I, it doesn't. That's not really relevant. It just shows you a heat map of where you've been, so it's basically showing you route, but on a Gucci little heat map. I don't think that's very really relevant. Trainer videos they're not, I wouldn't say they're that, but you can go on YouTube and get a training video, so that's another one that I don't think is that useful, but the one I found which was really useful, this is actually a really good one, was training plans, so they've actually got these really good plans on on the premium option, which will take you to your first 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, and they're all like fully fledged out training programs for for running, and when I looked into them, they're actually really good, they're not like just Billy really basic, run this distance, they're like breaking down some really good solid programs that you can follow to get to sort of do these races and I think that's for for the price you're paying a month I think that's pretty pretty good they've thrown that in as well
2: mm, I don't know is it so that's on the that's on the fucking uh the payment one is it yeah that's on
0: the payment one yes yeah. so that's included you get training plans yeah
2: see do you not I don't know I don't know how I feel about that because of the fact that there's so much out there especially with like couch to 5k and all this that and the other that's going free is it do you think if, if yeah, it's nice,
0: get, isn't it? If yeah, if someone's, if someone's getting on the part to... of a package, it's not you're not paying just for that. You're paying for everything else. But it's good that they've included that in there as well. Like if you're if
2: you're not a runner, you're not gonna like jump on the Strava and pay a subscription to start running there. It's quite. I think for Strava's quite and for using it for all its benefits, is I think you're quite quite a seasoned seasoned athlete really, haven't, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Especially if you're paying for premium, you have to be doing a lot of running, a lot of cycling, probably to really reap the benefits of it. I was looking at this band challenges uh, and all the challenges Strava have, which I think is a really
2: good way to get people to do more. You know what I mean? Get a mileage done. So a brand will put up and say, like, most mileage this month will get so-and-so and stuff like that. And there's there's loads of these like brand challenges or just challenges going around. I think you can have know, to be, like...
0: Sounds, get, really good, actually, yeah. Get good genuine
2: sexy. rewards. So you're looking at, like... Mm. We say running for the sake of running and stuff like that. Like, yeah, but there's actually, like... It, it's like a mini competition. If if you're that yeah. way inclined, you do better with a bit of pressure. You you've got something to chase down, the like this sort of brand challenges or the challenges that Strava have. And I th- I don't know what the rewards are, but if they're good enough, I'll fucking start running.
0: Yeah, to wrap up Strava then, lads. Uh, Sick for, for the it's free. Loads of good feature for free. But if you want premium, it is about. I think Tom says he's paying 5.99 a month. It's not for the features you get. It's pretty good, but just one point to note is some of the features we've mentioned are not available on mobile. So make sure you check that. If some of the features you are really uh, if, they, if, they, if you really want these features, make sure that if you're going to be using your phone a lot and not the web app, that it does actually work on the mobile, and you've got to keep going on your computer to use them as well. Uh, is there any other apps that you lads want to any mentions? I know you had a pretty good one, Tom, about zombies, was it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I was just going through my phone and I just saw the icon from it. Um, this was actually one of the original running apps I downloaded donkeys ago, and it's uh, it's called Zombies Run. So it's more of a fun one, but it's good if you're just like general population, you want something you know just fun to do. Uh, and if you're quite nerdy like me, but it's basically it is a running app. It will track your pace, you know, tracks your progress, etc. But it's an interactive story. So you put your headphones in, and it's basically like a zombie apocalypse that plays atmospheric music as you're running. But as you're running, you have to pick up supplies. And this is where it's quite innovative, is that it's it's kind of like a running app slash uh, like a strategic base building game, like those shitty Clash of Clang games you get on your mobile phone. So as you're out running, you pick up supplies that you use to upgrade your base. There is a cool little upgrade feature on there, which is called The Chase. And if you have it active, basically you'll hear zombies coming closer in your ear holes in your headphones. So as the zombies come closer, that means you've then got to sprint faster. So it kind of adds sprint levels So yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit tacky, it's a bit cheesy, but it's it's just. Fuck it, that! It's quite fun and terrifying. I do, need, I do not need to be scared on my run. Do you know what? Hindsight, as I do live in London, I I don't really want the realistic twenty-eight days later experience.
0: Yeah, I get, you. I get you. Plus, do you not think people just cheat with that as well? They want to upgrade the bases They'll just like strap it to something really fast, like a dog, and just send a dog running.
1: Oh, you're always going to get one of those
0: types, aren't you? Stick it on you a would record though, player. I can, just, I can see it now. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only person Sounds with a record about. player in a 20 mile uh, radius. You're showing your age here, Tom, aren't you? I know. I mean. Jesus Christ. And from you, Andy, mate, you got any other apps that I think deserve an honourable mention? No, I don't run. I think Strava's a big one isn't it. Strava's one most people use, and if they don't use it, then hopefully maybe we've we've showed them showed them what it is, and maybe they maybe they will get it now. So
2: if you go out and run, I think I, I tip a hat to you.
0: <laughs> you don't it's like it. running,
2: do Andy? <laughs> no, no, fuck that. I'm that guy that sits on the fucking treadmill uh, with it with it going, and I'm on my feet are the other side while I'm eating like a cheeseburger or something, you know.
0: <laughs> the pinnacle <of> fitness, Andy. <laughs> We'll move on to the next topic then. This is a pretty uh, pretty big one. I know Tom's got loads to say about it. We're going to go into recovery apps now. This is something that me and, me and Andy have uh, quite a lot of exposure to. So the two apps that we were talking about today are the ones that me and Andy have both used. Uh, the one's called ROMWOD, one's called GoWad. We're both now on GoWad, but I did post a question to my followers, which one do they use? And the result was 59% for ROMWOD and 41% for GoWad. So it's pretty close, but I think the reason is is because romwod has been around a bit longer and I think it's got a bit more marketing behind it you see it a bit more on online now and go only just starting to creep in uh, before we go into it as well i want to quickly mention prices ron comes in about 11 pound a month and then go WOD is 6.99 a month so it's quite interesting bear in mind the prices when we talk about the uh the features
1: so for a non-crossfitter like me uh are we allowed to say crossfit, are
0: we no, to it's say racist. CrossFit now it's racist oh, no, fuck. Fun- functional fitness uh, mate come on for, get the memo
1: for high uh, oh shit, um, for high-intensity metabolic um, Olympic-style weightlifting, uh, <laughs> oh shit, I've, I've got, let's just call it CrossFit for now. Right, so yeah, for someone that isn't as adept to CrossFit, basically me, can you guys explain what these apps
2: actually are and what they're intended for? Go on, Addy, take the floor, mate. For me, Ron was used, it's just maintenance for me. Um, just it's yoga, you know. I look at it as a yoga, um, a yoga app basically for Romwad. Uh, there's just loads of fucking sexy people on it with like lads with their shirts off that have got like chiseled twelve packs and chicks with bigger quads than me, um, which you can't go wrong. It's a um, I look at it as like an end-of-the-day type... Yeah, before, before you go to bed, I think. Before you time. go to bed or you just finish yeah, work relax, and sort of out. thing, yeah. And it is literally like like soft music. It's got some really fucking cool dude with a even, a, even better vo- uh, voice than Bill. And he's just like, yeah, and we'll go into this stretch now. It's really, like, sexy. And you just you get a group of you together. We always did it, Bill, didn't we? Get a group, and then you just sit there and you just talk shit and just get into some lovely stretches. And, it, and what it does is... We're all prone to it, like, okay, we're going to go into this stretch. Three, two, one, and change leg. Three, two, one. Okay, we'll do this stretch now. Three, two, one, and we just sort of neglect it. And what what I found with Romwad is that I don't do it anymore, but I found it kind of, you you could switch off, you know? It's got, like, um, a daily flow yeah play and follow you know it's simple for everyone to do this scale as
0: well isn't it in none of it, it's you're not having to really actively stretch anything it's all very passive so if it tells you to do like a, a hamstring stretch or just sort of just lean forward into where your yeah. body wants to go and you'll just sit there for like three minutes and just sort of just chill out into it for about yeah you will notice uh, there
2: is a there is a definitive notice of like difference in how much you can actually fucking flex and stretch in these positions and that i found that one, idea isn't it yeah i find it quite good um GoWod I use now, um, it's just because Matt Fraser uses it, and if Matt Fraser uses it, then well, shit, why, why shouldn't I? No, <laughs> no um, I like it because it's got actual, it's, it's got like a test, so on the free version, it will give you a test. And it can sort of say your overall percentage, and I, you don't know how accurate it, accurate it is, but it's that same old, same old, do you know what I mean? If it's wrong... Well, it would be consistently wrong. Then it's fine and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, and yeah, if, it, if it is, if it's accurate, it's okay. But it's just something for you to see, you know. So, in regards to that, just another question because as I said I am a
1: layman in all of this, and that is, so who and why would ben- and why would you benefit from it? For
0: Rom, for Romward I think. Obviously, there's a there's the a front, clue in obviously. the name there,
1: isn't there? ROM, so range
0: of motion or yeah. range of movement. Yeah, range yeah. of motion. Yeah, I think anyone can get involved with that one because it is just so simple and it's just a good way to just chill out. It is yoga. It's basically yoga, isn't it? It's not. It's not aim. It's it's for. I mean, it's market at CrossFitters, but I mean, anyone can use it. Do you know what I mean? Everything like everything CrossFit kind of does is it takes that like sexy approach, doesn't it? Like
2: you wear shorts, we're gonna wear thongs, that sort of approach. And it is just a sexy yoga. You know what I mean? Sexy yoga. I, th- I
0: think go go wad's a bit more like rigid in your face, more strict. For example, they've got like pre Wad where you're literally just smashing your hamstrings and your quads with like yeah. a foam roller for like a couple of minutes just to get yourself ready for the for the workout, and then you do it straight away after the workout again. Yeah. And then so, even the daily, the daily, the daily um mobility pieces. There's no music. It's literally just like you're just going. Do from, this. Do this. Do this. Do, do you know yeah, what I mean? Do and this. Do this. Do this. Yeah. And yeah. what
2: I found with it is, is it's, it's it is good because yet again it's it it's accountability. So it te- it kind of it. If I go on to the app now so like you load it up you can it's free so you'll get a, um, a mobility test and all that does checks your like your shoulder um, shoulder mobility <clears throat> your overhead mobility your hips um, your posterior and your ankles you know so it does like a general overview and it, it takes you through certain tests you know and then it gives you sort of like um, what percentage you are and then over the months you do the test every month you do the hours you put the work in and you kind of see and i have seen a difference over the sort of last three months i've seen a difference you know and that what that does for me it gives me accountability because if i if i chin it off for a month 100 i'll be as
0: stiff as a board and i'll see it you know also, i just want to mention don't we We spoke about this for the actual podcast so i wouldn't say get too caught up in the test because i literally did a test about an hour ago and on this test it basically found that I had an increase overall of about two percent. But I lost about 15 percent of my overhead flexibility. But what I've been finding since I've started is that my overhead position has been better, and I felt more—I don't know, I, yeah—I felt more solid in the position. But then this test is now telling me that I've lost loads of overhead mobility. But then we spoke about it is in. There's so many factors that're going to come into play when you do these tests yeah. that if you've done something different one day or if you've done something different another day, if you feel tired, if you don't feel in the mood for it, your whole it's just going to throw the whole thing into into chaos. Yeah, of so,
2: you can you can never have the perfect test day and then repeat the perfect test day the next month. You know, you you can have it to the best you can you there thereabouts, but you're not going to have the exact same test the exact same time especially when it's you. you've got
0: to go off how you feel physically when you're actually training you've got if you want to if you if you want to actually see if it's working you've got to actually go out and exercise and be like right do i actually feel different since starting this or not and you have to try and be as a you know non-biased as possible because if you pay for a product you, you want it to work so you might automatically say to yourself oh i feel really flexible today but really you might not not be any difference but you're convincing yourself that you're more flexible because that's, you're an paying for recovery that's an extremely
1: good recovery app extremely good point I mean, just for clarification, with like people listening, and that is when we talk about mobility, I mean, it's very subjective, but the definition, the closest definition I could find is mobility the ability to move or be moved freely and easily. Anecdotally, from there, I'd say usually that is like kind of like the shoulder girdle and the hips. So being able to like move the legs, you know, move the arms into a certain range of motion. Um, So, from what I've just gathered, from what I've just kind of looked at here, a lot of these apps is, that is the point of it, is is to increase your mobility. And also, there's another claim, and that is to help with the aid of recovering from DOMS. Uh, DOMS is an acronym, which is Delayed Onset of Muscle Soreness. Basically, how sore you feel. It's usually like uh, the next day or two days after, you feel like you're in shit state after an intense session. So yeah, the two claims here I see is it's helping to increase mobility and helping to, you know, not get rid, but to help mitigate DOMS a little bit. So in regards to the DOMS thing, what what do you guys think about that?
0: From what I've actually read is that there's there's no real anything concrete to really reduce doms too much that they're, they're not really I think people seem yeah. to struggle on how how to get rid you can't really get rid of dom, doms or doms, and I think it's more of a psychological thing with some of these apps and some of these products that tell you they're going to reduce doms that you're trying to convince yourself that you feel better when
2: well it's a mental state isn't it doms doms yeah, exactly. are mental you, you you either let it own you for the next couple of days or you just suck it up and like they always say don't pull your big boy pants on and just fucking get on with it nine times out of ten. I find doing a little bit of fizz, doing a little bit of stretching, you know what I mean, just gets me out of this, oh, I'm in shit state, I'm in shit state, and I kind of not get rid of them, but I kind of can put it to the back of my mind. You adapt to it, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. know, and it just becomes a bearable pain, which becomes something that you just yeah. you just get used to, you know, and maybe subconsciously that's happening, I don't know, but I just find...
1: I mean that is a whole different rabbit hole to go down, but you do you do make a really good point, Andy, and that is well, from the evidence that I've seen, and anecdotally from my own experience and from my experience of clients and you know other people that I know that are into fitness. That is <sighs> DOMS tends to happen when you do something you're not adapted to or used to. So that could be anything from actually doing a movement you're not used to, such as a squat, or if you suddenly raise the intensity to a level that you're not used to either and usually the way to mitigate that is just to simply take it on the chin and gradually get used to it but the only caveat with that is eventually when you do when you do increase uh you know volume or intensity or even frequency you kind of might find yourself in the same place again
0: it's a part of training isn't it you got to accept it if you want to if you want to get improved performance you have to put yourself into places which aren't comfortable you know
1: i mean i've i've kind of let you guys just talk about it but bill you kind of already know my opinion on this and this goes with the whole thing about the importance of mobility and the tools that we use to help it, etc and the tools we use to decrease our DOMS as well and that is i think a lot of it is unscientific or lacking in evidence at least and a lot of it is to do with placebo as well so i mean oh, oh uh, yeah you're you've nailed it there of course yeah yeah there is evidence to say that things like uh, You know, static stretching... It's shaky.
2: It's shaky, Yeah, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's evidence to say that, you know, static stretching uh, and manual therapy, so things like even just, like, massage or foam rolling. God, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit from the fucking foam rolling zealots now. But, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's not so much that it does anything mechanical to reduce DOMS, but it gives you a perceived feeling of relief. It does give you a perceived feeling. So if you was to foam roll... Or if it's stretch after a heavy weight session and you feel good, you feel better, then that's 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 true because it's subjective, isn't it? You feel good. No one can tell you, you don't. But is there actually like a, a is there actually like a mechanical thing that's happening there that's causing that to happen, or is it just what's going on in your head? Does that make sense? So you're perceiving that you're feeling less DOMS.
2: So I I I quite like with this. I quite like recovery. Um, but i am i am aware that it it all could be a bluff but so from my opinion on this and from what i feel is things that help me recover or i think help me recover help me that that's, that's yeah. it, you know I've, I've, i i get it all the time you know i made my own ferragun you know what i mean out of a out of a fucking jigsaw yeah but i feel that it helps me you know whether it's a case of yeah i got this tool and it helps and i look at whatever like in my brain Whatever it does, it makes me
0: feel good. Use it on the warm up. You feel good doing using these products, then great. Well, do you know what?
1: I actually have a foam roller, and every now and again I'll use it. But I use it knowing that it's more of like a neurological change that's happening. It's not so much that I'm. There's something physical going on here in my quads when I'm rolling on it. That is, you know, I'm I'm fucking bashing the fascia. I'm changing the muscle length, etc. I'm increasing blood flow. I know that in my head, that's all bollocks, but it just simply feels nice. It just simply feels nice, doesn't it? I mean, in regards to um, static stretching, I do have some stats I can uh, start quoting off here, which might surprise you. might make you angry. Go on. Right. So this was a review. Stretching to prevent or reduce muscle soreness after exercise. So 12 studies were included in the review. Any pre-exercise or post-exercise stretching technique designed to prevent delayed onset muscle soreness provided the stretching was conducted soon after or before any exercise type. The available evidence from randomized trials suggests that stretching before or after exercise does not produce important reductions in soreness in healthy adults. So once again, we do have evidence to say that there's no, at least there's no mechanical reason why we feel better after stretching. It's just a perceived thing. The mind is a very powerful thing, especially in the perception of pain. But on top of that, it says here, there was a high degree of consistency of results across studies. The pooled estimates showed that pre-exercise stretching reduced soreness at one day after exercise by, on average, half a point on a 100-point scale, which is, it's that's how insignificant stretching is. That, it, you know, it reduced soreness in people. It just... <laughs> half a point out of 100. But on top of that, post-exercise stretching reduced soreness at one day after exercise by, on average, one point on a 100-point scale. And then similar effects were evident between half a day and three days after exercise. So we're barely topping one out of 100 here on the pain scale. Only one out of 100 felt any difference. So
0: what we're trying to really get here by the sounds of it is, is that, scientifically, there's no, there's no real strong evidence to support it aids too much in recovery, but it's more, if it makes you feel good.
1: It's a neurological then, thing, brain power, yeah. you know. Mm. It's like, um, see, when it comes to the perception of pain, and whether we feel sore, etc., there might not necessarily be a mechanical reason. I mean, there, 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 probably, there is a mechanical reason why we're feeling sore, but what I mean is when we're doing something to lessen the feeling of that, if that kind of makes sense. No, I get,
0: I get, you, I get you. I think, obviously, moving away from doms, I think, I, I think it's hard to, especially things like GoWard, I think they do, they do help for things like mobilisation before certain movements. For example, if you're doing like weightlifting, you need to mobilise, and I think the things they tell you to do on that app are really useful.
2: If you're not ready to lift, like mobility-wise, you increase risk of injury through fucking dropping the weight, anything like that. Yeah, so you need to be physically and mentally ready. Um, what I love about this th- this app is the fact that it, you type in what you're gonna do, and it will give you a generic one. So something that all like amateur lifters, and I'd say can pretty much everyone is like that will probably listen to this. You know what I mean? I am, you are, Bill. We all are amateur yeah. lifters. And I think what this does, it, it we can kind of forget certain things to do. You know, we're all novices. We're all new to this, even though we've been training for years. We're all still new to certain things. And I think you can get sucked like you go down what feels good route what feels good sometimes you don't like to get your arms above head height over the shoulder but you need to do it and what this sap does it takes away your thought you know you've always got your bank which is great but eight uh what is it eight to fifteen ten to fifteen minutes pre pre-warm-up you know on top of your own warm-up and it just can kind of you could you'll do and you'll do certain things on there like it's got banks so it's really good because it's got like um per type which is roller bands and just normal stretching it's got per zone so you can pick a body part that you you feel is uncomfortable and whether it's working or it's all psychological you know you can pick something and go yeah i, f- I feel like i've worked that and it may be just in your mind yeah you know i mean and then it's got per tool so you can have a 10 ton of tools like i've got i've got like i've got the complex i've got the gun i've got the rollers i've got the bands you know and it just it's it's my it's my warm fuzzy cuddle you yeah, know and that yeah, and that's yeah. what it is doing.
0: me We'll get you
2: you see if you'd asked me a year ago I would have
1: said that you know things like go ward or you know whatever the other one, the other one is called in regards to warming up is just pretty pointless and useless I would have said oh there's other things you can kind of do like specific warm ups so if you're going to warm up for a barbell squat just do the barbell squat. You just do it at a lower load, and you'll gradually gain the mobility needed for that exercise, unless you've got like a really severe, you know, physical deformity that's preventing you from doing it off the bat. Then, you know, just warm up with a barbell squat. However, I have kind of refined my opinion on that over the past year. Uh, and actually, that is due to um, a guy called uh, Coach Mikey Page of uh, Hybrid Dynamics. Um, in fact, we mentioned him earlier, and he came at it from here's the thing I came at this at the view of someone just does main compound lifts i've never olympic lifted in my life and he came at me and said "Well, what about olympic lifts so here's the thing olympic lifting let's say you know the overhead snatch where you've got to have your arms a fair bit behind the back of your head now in order for people to do that sorry in order for a lot of people to do that it is going to require some form of mobilization Whereas with a with a squat, it's just such a natural movement, isn't it? A bench press mm. is a normal movement. A deadlift is a normal movement for most people. It's it's a lot more yeah. technical. So in in that retrospect, I've refined it to the point that okay, for someone that just does the main compound lifts, unless there is a serious issue with their mobility that they do have to use things like foam rollers and uh, you know other other types of uh, warm ups to kind of get the correct mobility for it, then it might actually be beneficial for people like crossfitters not only that but the type of lifts you guys do it is usually it's quite maximal isn't it it is quite maximal or would i be running assuming that
2: it kind of depends because it's because it's so varied yet you might have you might have a low weight high rep you know you might have and that's that's one of the fun reasons i love it so much because you can get you can get it low weight, you can go to high weight. So it is varied, yeah. So varied in, in one workout, you know? Yeah. What I'd mean is, is, say,
1: squats, as I said, you could just kind of warm someone up to a barbell squat by just oh, giving them the barbell are. and loading them up.
2: Yeah.
1: However... And, and
2: and their build-up yeah. is their warm-up. Yes.
1: So they'd kind of get their mobility, they'd, they'd kind of uh, get greater mobility simply by doing that. However, if someone's going to be doing Olympic lifts such as the overhead snatch... Is it really going to be? Would it would be more beneficial to kind of just take away the fifteen minutes it's going to take to mobilise via soft tissue release, etc. Or, and I hate saying that soft tissue release because that straight away is lacking in evidence. Or, is it going to be more beneficial to say, oh, you just got to keep on doing ramp up sets and knacker yourself out? Just keep on doing Olympic snatches until you have got the range. But here's the problem: what if straight away from rep one you don't have the range to do a snatch behind your head? So that's where I'd say, okay these apps might be beneficial. But I think in regards to just regular barbell compound movements, unless you've got severe deformity, I think it's a bit overrated. And it's a lot of time and effort to put into it. But yeah, that's just my fault. It's it's a complicated one. It's a complicated
0: one. It's a good good look at it. Because obviously me and Andy come from a different training modal than you do. And it's good to have that other sort of opinion. It took
1: someone from another field to pull me to the side and
2: say, well, have you considered this? I know. I think I. You you are right. You are right in the sense. If you've got a powerlifter, and and solely powerlift, and all they do is bench, squat, and dead, this app is is fucking irrelevant because there's so much on there. You know, there's so much out there for for you to just. You ramp up sets. You warm up sets. You know, it's going to be your 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 stretching, your mobilisation is going to be towards your the movement that you're doing. And if you are doing just just a very very sort of like you're going in for deads or you're going in for bench you're going in for squat it's going to be up yeah i'm i, I agree exactly with. You. if i just had squats on the go all i'm doing is my hips you know what i mean i might do a little bit of shoulder so i can get my arms back but i'm I'm going to focus on my hips that's it really but what with why it targets crossfit is so much is because there's so much to do in a day like you're going to have your strength that will go potentially into gymnastics you know so you're going from maybe like hips to shoulders to hands to feet and and it's all over the place, you know. And it could be strength that would be sapped if you do like a traditional warm up, like
1: I originally suggested, yeah. which is where it might be more beneficial to do something that, all oh, right, it's a bit more time consuming, but it isn't going to sap your strength for that specific lift. So in which case, you might say, well, I'll just get the foam roller out, or I'll just do this mobility warm up. Whereas if you've got me like an old school barbell coach come out and say, right, you're going to fucking keep on ramping up with this exercise, it will just it's going to sap you. And you've got, as you said, you've got these other varied things towards the end of the session.
0: So, yeah, there's a lot of nuance to it. But, yeah, my, my opinion has refined over the year. I think the important thing to take away from this, lads, is that if, any, if you are using these apps or you think about using them, if you feel good using them, then that's all that really matters. If you, if you feel like it's worth £11 a month for you to feel really good doing these sessions, then why not? No, no one can tell you it doesn't feel good. So just, just use them, really. So.
2: Whoa, oh, whoa, wait, wait a
0: sec. Go on, Whoa! 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 go on. Go on.
2: Right, first off, if, if you're a bit tight like me, go freeze up with a couple of your mates, okay? So f- £3.33, okay, a month, and you can all share the share the online code or whatever. Uh, that might be <laughs> a bit, bit, bit of a pikey move, but fuck it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and that's it really, Bill. I just wanted to say, all right, if it works well for you, use it if not, but be pikey about it guys all right get five or six of your share
0: an account and fucking yeah, share an work. account that, that doesn't work for go what though does it if it has got your specific mobility scores you'll be, be absolutely yeah, but, Everybody... yeah, but if
2: you're not if you're not going to worry about a score you know and you're just worried about like, i just want to get fucking flexy i want to get sexy and flexy just yeah five or six yeah just do it talking about being pikey for a second bill
1: have we heard back from our oyo nova gym sponsorship yet I'm afraid we haven't um Fuck off you're that pikey. <laughs> no, you are that pikey. you've kept all three of them bastard I have I've got one attached to, I've got now I've got one attached to each arm and I've got one attached to me dick it's, it's great now I can do the compound movements
0: <laughs> moving on to number three then lads we'll go on uh, we're we'll going to the next one then is food apps so your diet tracking apps once again survey came in uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty close again 59% of people do use an app to track their their nutritional intake and 41% don't uh, the top app that came in which seems to be the one that you know comes up all the time was one called My Fitness uh, Pal My Fitness Pal and that's the one that seems to be used a lot and I had a few people actually contact me by direct message saying they, they do use that one um, and yeah it's got it's a, free, it's a free app and there's a premium option as well which we're we'll getting into. Do, do any of you to use that I don't personally use it but I used to
2: use it um Back in the day, um, when I wanted to gain weight, and then I realised that I'm just a scrawny piece of shit, and I'll never gain weight, so I gave it up. Now, I, it can be very time consuming, and I think it can take you, it can, it can kind of take you down a rabbit hole, and, and for me, as when it comes to food and health and that sort of stuff, it, it can be very damaging with putting the amount of effort in.
0: You say about time consuming. So what, what I do is I do so I basically have an Excel spreadsheet, so proper like Billy fucking face. time cell spreadsheet with like it's tables on it with little formulas. So when I put numbers in, it will like automatically calculate what I've had for the day. And all I've got on there is calories and protein. And I just literally just use that to make sure I'm hitting my protein goals, hitting my calorific goals for my certain my for what for what I actually want to achieve. And that's that's pretty good because one I know what I'm putting on there, it's accurate. I'm not scanning barcodes. I'm literally typing in what I eat because I know what I've eaten, and I normally eat stuff where I can actually. count count how many calories are in that portion and how much protein is in that portion and yeah it's a bit more time consuming probably than my fitness pal but i know it's i know what it is you know tom do you use it do you use the app
1: yeah yeah um i used it religiously for about a year and i did have success with it and now i use it every now and again there's there is a lot to unpack with this but the first thing i want to say and it's kind of what andy just mentioned and in fact it's what andy mentioned when we originally did fitness trackers as well and that is it it can lead you down a rabbit hole of disordered eating. We need to mention that straight away. You know, you, you can become obsessed with uh, calorie counters. So now we've got a little disclaimer out of the way, we can kind of get into the meat and veg of it. No pun intended. But yeah, first of all, what is a calorie tracker? It's exactly how it sounds. It's an app on your phone. You can. It's usually you scan barcodes or you type it in and it just plans your calories throughout the day. So you can use it to pinpoint whether you want to lose weight, gain weight, maintain obviously there's always like a a little bit of an error give or take but yeah do they work
0: you say a little bit of an error the one thing I found ever I was looking at forums I was looking like deep into it about about the listings on my fitness power And one of its biggest issues is is inaccurate listings because it's user generated anybody can upload products on there so you could put in rice but then there'll be about 20 different listings of rice with all different calories in it And you'll be like shit which one do I click here and you could click one that could have a hundred more than another one so it's yeah. from your calorie target um, out the window I mean that is quite important to use, and from using it
1: myself, yeah, that is a big problem with it. It is user updated. So as we know, people are stupid. (laughs) And when they're putting in this nutritional information, a lot of time they get it wrong or they get the portion servings wrong, etc. etc. But if you are gonna use it, that's where I make a point that you need to double check. So okay, I've scanned the product. But at the same time, I now need to look at nutritional information on the back of this product as well. So you just have a quick check. Now, the more you use it over time, and if you tend to use the same kind of, uh, you know, the same food from the same places, you'll kind of instantly know just by scanning, yeah, that's that's correct, I know that's correct. But always double-check if it's something you've not had before. Because you can, in fact, I've scanned things before, and it's kind of like a completely different product. So I've scanned pasta, and it's come up with chocolate muffin. And you're thinking, what the fuck is this? And that's because supermarkets might use the same barcodes for what might have originally been a different product so you've got to bear that in mind but yeah i mean do they work they do work but if you're doing it properly and if you've been honest with yourself as well but i mean um you know there, there's been like a fair bit of um research done into you know calorie counting apps there's been one in there's something done in my fitness Pal as well which was quite cool and i've got a bit of feedback here on what people liked about it So yeah, participant responses to what do you like about MyFitnessPal? And pretty much 100% of these people said it's easy to use. Just a little bit beyond that, just below 90%, people like to receive feedback on their progress. So they like that it says, oh, you've dropped 0.3 kg this week. Or oh, you've hit your micronutrient intake this week. That's another point to make. It's not just about calorie counting. It also counts your ma- micronutrients. So what we mean by that is your vitamins, your minerals, et cetera. Uh, the
0: point, the point with that though, Tom, is it. Uh, from what I know, a lot of people talk about this as well. That it's not. It doesn't really. It doesn't make it abundantly clear that that's what its focus is it it focuses on that calorie number but when you upgrade to premium which is probably what they're doing to make people buy it is they they then start to reinforce the sort of the macronutrients of the vitamins the the other sort of you know carbs breaking any carbs your fats your proteins that's when they start to get more involved with that instead of just the the calories and that's more of a premium feature from what what I found.
1: Yeah I mean I have used uh, the, the, the free version when I used it it kind of did tell you what your micronutrient intake was like, uh, oh, if you just hit hundred percent of your vitamin A, etc. So it does, it, it it does tell you. But finish at the end of the day, we have to take into account that it's uh, it's specifically a calorie tracker for weight gain, weight maintenance, or weight loss. So don't get wrong, micronutrients are important, but it's it's not the main focus of the tool. Even though you can track it, it's not the main focus of the tool. Uh, good thing about it as well is that you can, as well as you type in your details, your specific details, your body measurements, and it will, if you say, I want to lose this amount of weight a week, then it will pinpoint to how many calories you kind of need. And you, you kind of put in your activity levels as well. So if you're, you know, active, so that's like around roughly 5,000 steps, I think. Well, it might be lightly active. I'm not too sure now because I keep changing it. But yeah, I mean, it will kind of go after calories off of that, And when you link it with like a a fitness tracker as well, it'll make sure that you're kind of abiding by your activity. But you've got to take into account that sometimes if you wear a fitness tracker, it will try and give you back the calories you've burnt. So you've got to bear that in mind as well. That's where a lot of people... We've been through this with the
0: inaccuracies there, haven't we? God, Yeah, yeah, we 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 have on
1: episode two, weren't it? But um, going back to what people liked, uh, a lot of them put other. And in one of these it was, and this is quite important, and this is actually quite a benefit of using the calorie counter. And it is, so just below 20% of the, the, the 65% of people that said other, it was increased awareness of food choices or portion size. And that's a big benefit of it, isn't it? Is that it does teach you portion sizes and what it is you're putting into your body. And eventually it becomes, and this is what happened to me. Uh, in the first like, year of using it, eventually I became like, you know, like the Matrix. There's a, there's a scene where he's looking at the screen of all that little green... Um, Kanji figures going down he says oh I no longer see numbers I just uh, I I see like oh a redhead I see a a brunette a blonde and that's what happened with me because I've been using the app for so long I was just kind of looking at things and I could kind of like guesstimate like how many calories a portion of that would be I wonder how much protein I'd get from that etc etc
2: yeah it's like you say these apps and what they do is they they hold you accountable you know Um, and with actual data that you see on apps it, it kind of points back to you and says, hey, you're putting too many sn- Snickers in your mouth. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, or like, hey, you can use an extra bowl of pasta if you like, mate. Get it down yeah." I don't know. I, I just don't. Something like that with an app that's free, with something that's, that can be quite dangerous okay, because it, it can very it can become very quickly you see you hear stories about um so I was on my PTI's course and there there was a chick there, and this chick told me about her husband who nearly died because he basically didn't want to have any added sugar in his diet. it was a thing that was going through his mind and he was tracking that he didn't want to have any and he nearly creamed in because he was having like no sugar whatsoever so we need dangerous a dangerous game, isn't it yeah. like when it comes to these sort of things it can it can be very dangerous and if you don't know, Don't go up to the biggest guy in the gym and go, "Hey, what's your fitness tracker? What you using?" You know what I mean? Are you on MyFitnessPal? Speak to. There's there's so much information out there. Just get get reading. Don't just take fucking drastic choices and just start cutting or bulking up. You know, get into it.
1: Actually, that's quite a good little point you just made. Uh, First of all, I just mention that there is a lot of misinformation when it comes to nutrition, and a lot of the time it could be subjective. So I absolutely fucking hate the term clean eating. Because clean eating is subjective. So clean eating to the regular person would be, oh, just um, single ingredient foods, fruits and veg. But then someone else down the line who's heard, well, sugar is bad for you, hang on, fruit contains sugar, clean eating to lemon. This is genuine. I've actually yeah. seen this example. People said clean eating means no fruit. And we know fruit is good for you. And the reason why they weren't eating fruit is because it's got sugar in it. So that's their idea of clean eating. But yeah, you brought up a really good point and that is... Um, One of the biggest problems I did notice with MyFitnessPal is that when it first kind of like took off, is it attracted a certain crowd of uh, dieters and it was called, uh, I I can never pronounce it as an acronym, so I'm just going to say it as the words. It was If It Fits Your Macros. And what it basically was, was people said, okay, so these are my macronutrients for the day. It doesn't matter what I eat. Yes. It just matters that you hit your numbers. Exactly. So they didn't care about the quality of their nutrition. Protein, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, fats, whatever, doesn't matter if it's saturated fat or not. Um, this, okay, sugar, yeah, but it doesn't matter. So these people were still losing weight because they was sorry they were still losing weight because they was in their calorie deficit. But what they was consuming was very low in micronutrients. It was just shit. And there is there's actually studies on that. There was a guy that um, I mean it's a great study in the aspect that it shows that you can lose weight as long as it's a calorie controlled diet. Not so much what you're putting in your body, nutrient-wise, but I mean, there was the guy that did the Twinkie diet; he lost weight eating nothing but Twinkies. There was also another one, the Pop Tart diet; he lost weight because you know calories are kin at the end of the day. It's all to do with thermo, uh, thermogenet- I Can never pronounce it, thermodynamics.
2: But just because you can doesn't mean you should, as you said, Andy. <laughs> and th- this is another thing as well. When you see, I don't know if you guys are here, but I see it all the fucking time on like Instagram, YouTube, that sort of Facebook and that. And it's like, hey guys, are you sick of being told what to eat? How about I help you out, and we'll get through this. You can eat what you want when you want, and still hit your goal. And you're like, mm. you look into it, and it and it does. Like you say, it's like just don't go past these numbers, and you can eat whatever you want. And f- and for me, that's fucking very good long term, though. Is it? Yeah, no, not it's, it's long term. No, it? <laughs> it's fucking dangerous,
0: man. And can get nutrient deficiencies through that, and whatever. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah, that is a thing. You know, it's not it's not made up. <laughs> What are the reasons that people come off this app, though, Tom? Because I remember you spoke to me before the pod that there was on that serve, that study you were looking at. There was there was like a reason. What there's a big reason why people were coming away from.
1: Oh god, my, yeah. Power. So like, yeah, this this one is not going to surprise you, is it? especially you, Andy, and that is over eighty percent said that it was tedious to use, and that's it, isn't it? That's why I I recommend if you're going to use it, educate yourself while you're using it. You don't just go in blindly. You've got to you've got to take the lessons of what you're doing. So what I mean by that is you're counting your calories. You're looking at what you're putting into your body, but as you're doing it, you're learning. You're thinking, "Oh, so that's what a portion size is," because nothing shocks anyone more than when they actually weigh out a forty-five gram, you know, serving of cereal, and they think, "Holy fuck, that's what a serving is!" That little Mate, tiny I fucking bowl. I do that,
0: <laughs> I normally have like this this cereal in the evenings just to get my calories. Yeah. And I, I literally, when I weigh it, I'm like, "This is a fucking portion." I'm like, "This is, this is like nothing." I've got Cup like that. four grains of cereal in the bowl, but then that's when it says a portion. When it says
1: a portion to me, it is like brimming over the bowl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. But as I said, you can you can use it to educate yourself. And that's why, you know, it did say in, in the graph that some people did like the idea of, like, learning what it was that was going into their bodies, and they was learning portion control. So short term, okay, I'm going to calorie count for about a month. Whilst this is happening, I'm not doing it blindly. I'm taking notice of what's actually going on here. I'm taking notice of, well, how many portions is this pasta? You know, how much meat should I eat a day to hit these protein goals, etc.? But if you're just using it non stop, non-stop, non-stop, it's gonna become tedious. And you have to realise at the end of the day, can I do this for the rest of my life? And most of the times, well, over eighty percent of people here said no. So, you know, it's one of those things well, make you, you think art. most
0: of the people who use this are just normal normal men and women. If you're if you're like a serious athlete, then yeah, you're gonna get through the tediousness because you're But it's, it's not even that, that your li- it. If you're
2: if you're a serious athlete, you, you and you make like if you make money from being an athlete. You're gonna have someone who tells you what to eat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're gonna have someone that who tells you, you know? <laughs> and they're gonna tell you, they're gonna tell you yeah, your your what your yeah. You know what I mean, like you can get you can get a test now that tells you your intolerances, like two hundred and fifty quid, and I think it can tell you like what you and if you are serious about like performance, that sort of stuff. These are the things that you get done. But for the general population, you're right. You don't. I don't want to say like it's it's fucking not needed and that. But when like you say, Tom Bill. There's so much misinformation you need to get you need to go down I don't know is it the fucking World Health Organization whoever the fuck it is or like whoever they are there's there's certain there is certain companies or or organizations that tell you basic food ins and outs you know and I, I'm and I'm not one to be that guy to tell you what to do and what not to do There's too many fads out there that say like ah oh, yeah you can eat fucking thirty days worth of McDonald's and you'll shed two stone. Yeah, but it might cut twenty years off your life. Yeah, and I mean we, because of our professions, we're enlightened,
1: so we kind of know what to do without the apps. But in regards to the general population, we've got to realize half of them doesn't even know what a calorie is. In fact, considering what I've seen on social media, I'd say at least a quarter of them don't even believe a calorie exists. You know, you've got the keto crowds that believe it's all to do with hormones and insulin, etc. So you know, it's one of these things where you can use the tool and you can see okay, this is working actually, but why is it working? Not just in regards to, oh, it's working because I'm burning calories and I'm eating a calorie deficit, but you take notice of your habits as you're using the app. You say, oh, okay, so this is working, but at the same time, what am I eating here? And is this sustainable? And that is a massive question you have to ask yourself. Is what I'm doing sustainable? And when I eventually decide to stop using this app, can I continue it and can I take the lessons I've learned away from the app and just fucking go on with my life
0: i think that's yeah, that's a really good point i think to finish on on the, for the diet apps there uh, i think use it as an educational tool um don't get too fixated on it and yeah don't
2: do too much too quick either like oh yeah most like the high percentage of people that fail within their nutrition is because they go from eating stickies and smashing D's or something for like and I've, I've done it hundreds of times i'm gonna go right monday morning I'm fucking, I'm veg and that's it, veg and that's it. And you do like two or three days and it gets too hard, you know? Just just pick one thing. I'm not going to eat stickies for a month or I'm not going to do this or something that I snack on loads, you know? Or replace, and little and often, we're looking for the longevity. Sorry to butt in there, Bill.
1: Sorry to also butt in, but just looking at these other reasons why people didn't use the app or why they fell out of love with it. And that was just below 5% of them. Poor sales signal at home. And that's what you get for using Virgin.
0: Poor cell signal.
1: Yeah, they can't, I just thought that was funny. That's, that's
0: crazy. That, yeah, well, it's these studies in it. So the final one, then, lads, we're going to is uh, sleep apps. So the result of this, the result on the, the Instagram poll for this one didn't really surprise me. It was only thirty-one percent of people use a sleep tracking app, and sixty-nine percent don't use one, and that didn't really surprise me because it is kind of more of a bit of a niche. It's not. It's not something automatic. you automatically think of tracking your own sleep. I I've got an app that I use. I've started using it again actually more than I did before because I thought with the missus being in the bed it would uh, cause dramas, but it doesn't actually. It does it doesn't actually cause much of a problem. It's actually still quite quite accurate because it's because it sits next to you quite close. It picks you up quite well, and they're just enough they're just far enough away that you know it doesn't doesn't intervene too much. Do you guys use sleep apps? Or have you used one before? Or?
2: Well, when I get a job because I'm poor as biscuits at the moment, um, I'm
0: going to go on to Whoop. Whoop! Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. But we will we cool. not going to whoop because we have spoke about it on. If you want to, if you want to hear about whoop, go to episode two of the pod, and it will uh, be there. But yeah, so whoop, you're gonna you on that, yeah?
2: I'm pretty dialed into everything at the moment, and I think that's where, like sleep recovery. I think that's where I think a lot of people miss a trick on that. They just think, oh, I've had eight hours, but until you look at your sleep, you don't really know. If yeah, you've so, had so the app I use eight you called, or?
0: um, it's called Sleep Cycle, and it it does break it breaks down low. So I've got I've got so basically when I got it. I got it early on, so I, I got premium for like a ridiculously cheap price. Whereas now you've got to pay like a yearly subscription, but I've got like a lifetime on because I, I got it early on. Yeah, but, I think it's like
2: twenty five quid or something. Yeah, twenty five quid a year reviews, or something. Yeah, like,
0: that's, that's a lot of money. But then it is really good because what so for my experience of it, you can basically every night you're set when you want to wake up. And Tom spoke about he can do this his he's watching. It will give you like a window when you want to wake up. And what that window is, it's a window where it wake you up on your lightest stage of sleep. So if if you get woken up on a deep stage of sleep, you wake up and you feel really, really bad, don't you? Like You feel like, oh, oh, you may have had 10 hours of sleep, but you feel really shit. That's because you've been woken up in a deep sleep. Where this app eliminates that by waking you up in a light sleep. So you should really, in theory, wake up feeling more refreshed and more energized because you're already sort of gradually waking up anyway. And I think that's probably the main feature of the app. But statistically, it kind of also breaks down your your sleep as well. So before you go to bed, as well as setting your your wake-up window, you can choose what you've done that day. So if you felt for example, it actually says if you feel sad that day, you can click a button which says you felt sad. It will tell you if you've trained that day, if you've had coffee, if you had tea, if you've been drinking alcohol that day, and it has all these little um, things you can tick. And then it, what it will do is it will show you trends. So, for example, I know for a fact this is like this is back when I was using it really heavily. Whenever I was, if I went on the piss like the night before, my sleep quality was really really low. And I noticed that trend because when I clicked on the alcohol, the alcohol button on the app, it showed you that my quality compared to my normal sleep with the alcohol, and it was a massive difference. And I think that's another another thing as well. It shows you trends of your sort of daily routine and what's impacting your sleep quality and what isn't impacting your sleep quality.
1: Hmm. I mean, the good thing about that is, as you said, you can set a trend. So at first, you might not necessarily know why you're getting shit sleep. And sometimes it's out of our control as well. I mean, if you sleep next to a snorer like me, it's definitely out of your control. Unless you want to smother him with a fucking pillow, but we're not going to go down that route. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's episode ten. How that I is to episode get ten, and then episode twenty will be when I'm released because <laughs> obviously there's going to be a gap in between that time. Um, but yeah, but like, um, yeah, seeing the trend, and at the same time, you can kind of use it to see well the process of elimination. You're slowly getting rid of things that you think are affecting your sleep, and you can use that app to see okay, so since I've eliminated this certain thing that I think is causing issues with my sleep, what's the trend look like? Am I in a deeper sleep or a lighter sleep? Am I just in shit state, etc.?
0: Speaking of uh, snoring, Tom, this app actually does register your snoring, so you can actually go onto your night sleep, and if you were snoring, it records it. So it actually records you snoring in the middle of the night. Does it you shock you, it, you if you start snoring? Nah, don't, well, that well, that would
1: be I've a not. good like, app.
0: It is quite funny to go back and um, go back and listen to when you, were, when you were snoring, and that normally correlates when you're in a deep sleep, so... But yeah, I
1: mean, um, so, sorry, Bill, can you give me those stats again for what people said about whether they've used a sleep tracker or not?
0: Yeah, so what the the polls as I said before, it's about 75 people responded. Um, 69% of them do not use one and 31% do. But I want to make sure, I want to I want to note that this, when they when they say app, some of them probably did mean their trackers as well. Because I yeah. know a few people responded. That's why I, know they what I was like kind of Woop, getting that. Whoop has, like, has its own app, which goes with its of... tracker. So it's not, it's, it's not an individual app. It's kind of, it's using the technology of their tracker as well to... Because that's why so I was curious about
1: whether people actually did have sleep tracking apps, but they didn't realize. Because it's not necessarily got to be something that's monitoring you on your phone. It can be something you've got around your uh, wrist. So me, I've got a fitness tracker, and it monitors my sleep. So, you know, I might have actually said on the poll, oh, no, I don't have a sleep tracker, without realizing, yes, I do, it's on my wrist. But, yeah, they're definitely useful tools, especially when you said in regards to, I mean, we mentioned it on episode two, so, we, you know, it's kind of deja vu again, isn't it? but we mentioned before that just simply quality sleep affects everything, not just exercise performance, but what Andy was talking about earlier. I can't remember if we actually spoke about this during the podcast or if it was before the podcast. But, you know, a lack of sleep can even affect your mobility.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's why people I – th- I personally think people should be – it's one of those things where people don't think to track. They think about tracking their nutrition. They think about, you know, like recovery apps or like stretching and stuff and they're running all, oh, how many miles I ran this week on Strava, but they neglect the thing of sleep, which is probably the most important thing. Yes, in terms of your performance.
2: Well that that's where that's where you actually become bigger, don't you? You know, in your yeah, in your you sleep. That's where, yeah. where everything grows. You know, so if you're you're getting a maintenance I, I yeah, yeah, 100%. That is when you are fully recharging and you're fully getting back together. So if you don't give yourself enough time, now I I run on like I know if I can get too much sleep or or not enough, you know, I'm cranky as fuck. But anything sort of between 6 and 8 hours and I'm and I feel I feel good, like quite good and I feel I feel ready to train. Like I've gone on them days where I'd go to bed at well now it's not so much cuz I'm, I'm poor and I'm unemployed, so I can go to bed at 2 in the morning and not have to get up till, like, 2 in the afternoon, so I'm sound. But um, back in the day when I was a normal person, yeah, I'd be in bed for 10. There was no, like, literally half 9, I'm, like, struggling to stay awake because my body knew it's like, right, I'm going to hit it hard tomorrow. Let's go. Let's downtime. Let's fucking recharge. Let's grow. Let's get strong again, you know, and in bed, and and I was out. And then I had two kids, and that's fucking gone.
1: Oh, yeah, I sympathized there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> as I
0: said, nap. uncontrollable factors. <laughs> I run on hope and dreams, <laughs> and lots of coffee. I think the point With sleep sleep tracking that's not. I, I, I think definitely just look into what you've got as so well. If you've got like a fitness tracking device, like a watch, that so look into it. If it's got some sort of sleep mode on it, because you, it might be a function that you're not you're not realising it's there, and it is really important to use it because, as I said, you could just see a trend of what's impacting your quality. And even these wake up cycles, I mean, I think they're great just for the fact that when you get woken up in a, a stage of light sleep, you do feel better than when you get when you just get shot out of wait. sleep. When you, I
2: can't wait till you have a kid, Bill, and this fucking child comes in and it just like dives on your face at four in the morning, and you're like, my app will be going mental. It's not what time I wanted. <laughs> yes, yeah, this is my light stage of sleep.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, for for sake. cherish this time, mate. Cherish it. <laughs> But I mean,
1: another another important factor. And once again, this is something we kind of touched on on episode two. But you know, we're talking about how sleep impacts not just mood but performance as well. But once again, weight control is extremely affected by sleep. If you don't get quality sleep, you become stressed, and when you're stressed, you overeat. So yeah, you know, sleep impacts us on so many levels, including pain perception. If we're feeling tight and stiff and in pain, you've got those aches and niggles, etc., you know, sleep can impact that, or rather lack of sleep can impact that. So yeah, it's something that's taken for granted. You know, Everyone talks about oh, what factors can I add to my life, uh, especially in regards to training. So, you know, what rep range am I doing? How many sets am I doing? What weight? What exercises? What's my nutrition like, my protein? And not enough people think about, well, hang on a minute, what about my, what about my sleep hygiene?
2: Sleep hygiene is actually the new buzzword for it, by the way, if you want to Google it. So we've all we've all been there and as military guys, ex military and military guys. Um, we all know that you can you can see a deterioration. Like I my experience are the like, like like you go on them exercises, week long exercises where you're getting minimal sleep and you, you you're starting to tweak a bit and things are being different and that and you come away, you can feel ill and you can feel generally yeah. just beaten up inside and, and maybe the work hasn't been that hard, but the one thing that has been affected is that like the sleep and like you look at strain of like how much of you're walking you're yomping you it's not like aggressive 24 hours a day but the duration of what you're doing and then the the non-recovery that you get in or the broken recovery that you get in has a major effect. I come away from some exercises feeling like I'm genuinely like, ill, you know, where where I feel like I need to get actual bed rest because I've just, yeah, you, really just, just wiped. Then, you you really do appreciate
0: sleep then not not You you? really how important it is to to like like a good, solid sleep. Yeah. And if you can see these trends and what impacts your quality, that's that's going to improve your performance even more, and that could give you the extra edge that you were probably looking for.
2: And again, yeah, and again, if you if you are looking as as performance based, and you 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 want to. Become better, a better athlete. Even if you're like new to it all or you're a seasoned athlete and you're not looking at your sleep, that is definitely, for me, that is one thing you should be doing, whether it is just a standard app like Bill says where it is about waking you up. Because we all have it where you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, your day is fucked. I mean, I'm really glad you brought up that point about the military, actually. Because if someone was to ask
1: me what is the main difference between military fitness and civilian fitness, it would be exactly that. It would be lack of sleep. Not just for the men- the reasons that I've already mentioned, you know, but also chances of injury. There is evidence, there is growing evidence to show that, you know, chances of injury increase with lack of sleep. Yeah. And when you're in the military and you're doing so many high-intensity, you know, variable movements with, you know, undulating terrain... Yeah. It is a recipe for disaster. So that is why the main differences is, is lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just walk out of pure gym, bash your chicken and go and get fucking eight hours of sleep in in, in, in the army. It's not like that at all. Yeah. It's not like that at all. And it plays a big factor. But it's those things where in context, it has to be like that for a reason. It has to prepare you have to uh, adapt. Of course
0: it of course you have you have to you have to adapt to it, don't you? You have to know what it's like to be in such a state of fatigue and know that you you can keep going. That's what it has to you have to know it, don't you? And you have to go forward
2: it to it. But what I'm saying is when you don't have to be like it, really look after it. Yeah, yeah, thing. exactly.
0: When you're at home now appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed right seat. now. Everyone, just go to bed. If, <laughs> if, if you bored, you to sleep, then go to bed now.
1: <laughs> if you are in the army <laughs> and you're on stag, there's this really cool thing you could do where you put the lip of your helmet on the site. And you could fall asleep like that. And if you've sent someone behind you, you just go, I was just resting my eyes. And usually they're fine with it. They're absolutely fine.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. You crack on. Works every time, doesn't it?
1: Tom? Works every time. <laughs> oh I need robo gens then. I didn't. I just wanna
2: confirm Oh. I don't know about your, your hairline's no. getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's a self rope. I'm already half prepared. <laughs> oh, this, this is this is taking a nasty turn oh. and I am out. It's on that co- note, lads, we'll, uh, I think we should wrap up the episode here. It's and we'll, a uh... <laughs> COVID, all right. There's no barbed COVID. I've done it myself. Oh mate, I think it looks good. What the, the missing tash on a RoboGen? The RoboGen. <laughs>
0: right, I think we've uh, we've covered majority of fitness fitness app stuff there. If anyone's got absolutely any more questions on any fitness apps, any ones we've discussed or any any ones that we haven't discussed, uh, you can get in contact with us on our social media. Once again, it's in the show notes. Just drop us a message. We'll be, yeah,
2: if anyone's helped. if anyone's got anything that they they feel that we haven't covered and that they fucking love. Drop me a message and I will gladly look into it.
0: Sounds good. Uh, next week, guys, we'll go, oh, it's going back to another mad one, isn't it? So if you haven't heard, uh, social media's been blown up the last couple of days. a thing called Skinny Jab. I'm not going to go into it, but it's called Skinny Jab. If you, if you, it's mental. It's basically one of these fat loss sort of, i will say gimmick. I'd say. I mean, but we're gonna we're gonna go into it next week, and we're gonna go into many more. It's not just fat. It's not just Skinny Jab. There's loads of products out there which claim to help you lose weight really fast without any of the, the hard work we're going to go into them all we're also going to have a um, guest to us next week a guy called Coach Dean Hammond he's been very vocal about the skinny jabs, so we're going to have his input as well he's got uh, loads of experience in the industry so I'm sure we'll get another perspective from him as well he's going to do massively looking...
2: fat and he used them, and now yeah, he's ripped <laughs> yeah he's, he's riddled
0: with skinny jabs <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm booked in for mine tomorrow with with uh, with, with
1: Dean Hammond with Dean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dean, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to hold hands as we get stabbed in
0: uh, it's well, been blown up massively, guys, so um, it's, I think it's something we need to talk about, something we need to address. We, we, we like to talk about hot topics, don't we? And this has been probably the hottest one this week, so we'll talk about that next week then. Any closing points from you, gentlemen?
1: Phone rolling is shit, and uh, <laughs> static stretching is vastly overrated, um, um, and yeah, that's it. Oh, birds
0: aren't real. Oh yeah, let's not forget about that. Birds aren't real. Birds, yeah. aren't real. birds
1: aren't real. If I'm not on the next episode, you know that the government has silenced me. Just as short as I silenced Jeffrey Epstein. And with that, I think we can end the podcast.
0: As always, lads, it's been a pleasure. See you next week. See you later, mate. As always, thanks for listening. If you did enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you do not miss out on the next. Next week, we're going off some more dodgy products and it's a turn of Skinny Jab and all of its friends. It's going to be another crazy one and we've got guest coach Dean Hammond on board. So it's going to be one you don't want to miss. So we will see you next week, same time, same place, for an episode into Skinny Jab and all of its friends. See you soon.